Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit YourDiscipleshipCoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Well, Happy New Year to all of you. Thank you for starting off your year with your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. This is an exciting end of the first week here in 2023, and I'm glad to be part of your story. Hey, today is going to be an outstanding episode that I've titled Discipling Our Families. And and I want to seed this episode with one big question. How do we disciple our own families? want to let you on the inside for a little bit. So you may or may not know this about me, depending on how often you listen. But my wife and I have six children, and we've been discipling our own children for 24 years now. And one of the things that we have done for over 20 of those years is a Christmas devotional that's called What God Wants for Christmas. Now, just I'm not here to promote a product, but in our family, every Christmas, we spend seven days doing this devotional. And every day in the devotional, we open a box, and inside that box is a piece of the nativity scene. And at the end of the first six days of that devotional, here's what we read. And our kids memorize it. Those that We have two older kids that were home visiting with us, and we did this devotional, and they could quote this. It was fabulous. Here's what it says at the end of each of those days. What God wants for Christmas, it's to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. No peeking. Be patient. For this, you must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. We've tried other Christmas devotionals and have done them, but we always do this. And on day seven, we open up the last box, and inside is a little mirror. And what God wants for Christmas truly is our heart. Now, we've spent over 20 years letting this be a pattern in our family. It's sort of formed and shaped part of our Christmas traditions. But we have done other family devotions around different holidays, one that centers around Easter. That's like an Easter lily family devotional. We've done one uh, in Easter time about the making of the cross or all about the three crosses. One of my favorites is what we do around the Thanksgiving time. It's called the pumpkin parable or maybe the pumpkin patch parable, something of that nature. And we've we've taken the different holidays and done different devotionals. Now, we've tried to do this different ways. I have to say around the holidays, we do this very well. 
all the rest of the days. We struggle at how to do family devotions, but we've tried reading the Bible at the dinner table and doing different things. But it makes me go all the way back to my childhood. So if you're listening today to your discipleship coach, we're talking about how to disciple our families. And I can remember growing up, and many times, I don't know if we had great rhythm with this or not, but many times we would go into our living room. Now, we hung out in the family room, but our family never hung out in the living room unless we had guests over. Well, we would go in the living room and we would bring what appeared to me as this huge family Bible. We would open it up and we would read stories in the Bible. And and my parents would let my sister and I take turns reading and we would pray together. And we developed this sort of heritage in spending time with God together. Now, we do it differently in our family today. And and we, we have these conversations with our kids and devotionals. Sometimes I go to bed early. My wife will stay up late talking with our kids. I do that sometimes, but I'm kind of an early-to-bed guy. But it brings me to this question. How do we actually disciple our families? And I've thought through this, and, and I want to bring three components to the surface today. One, we have to disciple ourselves. Two, if you're married, you need to disciple, uh, offer discipleship as a couple a married couple. And then thirdly, if you have children, to disciple our kids. When I think about discipling ourselves, I ask this question, how, you know, how do I answer the the mission, I guess, to grow closer to God? And we ask the question, how do I grow closer to God? Or I grow closer to God by blank. And oftentimes it's the things that we do. I would challenge you to think about this. If, If you're starting off 2023 and you're endeavoring to grow closer to God, Ask, if if you do what you say you're going to do, what's going to be different? So don't just focus on the doing, focus on the being. And, and then put that in what I call a from to statement. For example, this year I want to move from fear to freedom or from uncertainty to uh, confidence and clarity or from praying for the lost to sharing with the lost, or I want to move from being a student to a teacher. And, you know, I've, I do this in my life and we're going to talk about all of those things, but you want to first disciple yourself when you think about how you disciple your family. But then moving a little deeper, we ask the question, how do we disciple ourselves as a married couple? So I want to talk to you just for a minute about a husband and a wife exchanging a discipleship relationship together. There are three conversations I would like to encourage you to consider in this vein of discipleship as a couple. The first conversation would center around this question. How will Jesus be in the center of our relationship? This is a great date night conversation or over coffee sitting on the front porch talking about how Jesus would be the center of your relationship. A second conversation you could have is around this question. What does spiritual accountability look like in our marriage? Now, my wife and I, we have some accountability with one another because we talk, but we are not each other's accountability partner driving each other. So what we do is we want to talk about how do we find that accountability. But then I want to talk about the third question for a minute. Here's the third conversation you could have with your spouse. What will we do spiritually together. I can think back about what my great-grandparents did where they read the Bible together every day. They prayed together. 
Uh, maybe maybe you would read the Bible with your spouse or pray with them or serve together or whatever that looks like. But the conversation to answer is what would we do spiritually together? Now, before we meet our special guest today, we have a guest with us, Ellie Marroquin, and she is the National Director of Christian Education and Discipleship with the Assemblies of God. And she's going to help us in the second half of the show understand how we disciple our families. But I want to talk about the third component is discipling our kids. And one of the things we could do is to lead them. And we develop an identity that way. For us, the way that we lead them is by doing holiday devotions or teaching our children that we pray for one another when we face big events or when somebody is sick or when we travel or we model what it's like. I can remember my dad growing up, I could see him reading his Bible in his chair. He modeled it for me. What are we modeling for our kids? But more importantly than just leading in discipleship is to connect on their turf. My high school son right now is really growing spiritually. He's hanging out with one of his friends and they want to do some Bible reading and fasting together. And they've invited me in. And so I've kind of joined them on their turf, doing their things their way just to pour into them. And what I learned, I want you to catch this discipleship is less about what I do as a disciple maker. It's not formulaic. Discipleship is not programmatic, but discipleship is about the other person or like my son, for example, who discovers biblical truth and interacts that truth with their own life and their own behavior. And they realize if the Bible has a high standard and I don't meet it, how do I close that gap? And we realize that discipleship is not so much in our doing, but in our following, in our following Jesus. You know, I tell people, you don't have to stop anything to become a Christian. You just have to engage with Jesus and commit to following him, pursuing him, knowing him, allowing Christ to search our heart. And together, behaviors can change. Well, before we go to the second half of the show, I want to introduce a guest of mine that that we can dialogue with. And she's here today to help us explore how do we disciple our families. My guest is a friend of mine, Ellie Merroquin. Ellie, I'm so glad that you're on the show. Welcome to your discipleship coach. Thank you so much, Michael. It's an honor to be with you today. Thank you. I'd love for you to spend a minute and talk to our listeners and share a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. So when we think about who we are, and we were talking about this earlier, we naturally tend to think about the Mm -hmm. things that we do. But uh, as we will discover today, who we are, uh, I am a daughter of uh, the living God. I am a servant. I am a bridge. I'm a person who connects others to Christ. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. Uh, So I'm married to Sergio. and we've been married for 30 years. Actually, next week we'll be married 31 oh, years. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm the mother of two uh, wonderful daughters. One is uh, recently married and living out in Texas, and uh, my youngest lives with us. And I have the honor in this season of serving, as you already said, as the National Director for Christian Education and Discipleship. And what does that mean? It means that our office has the privilege of uh, existing to Stewart, an intergenerational and spirit-empowered church, demonstrating growth in the knowledge of God's Word, supporting disciple-making at the local level to ensure that disciples and uh, those growing in their faith are continued to be encouraged in their gifts, are equipped for the ministry, and are engaging their world. 
That is so awesome. I am so thrilled that you're on the show. So I'll say to our listeners, hold tight. We're going to interview Ellie here right after the break, and she's going to talk with us about discipling our family. So hold tight, Ellie. I'm glad that you're with us. Hey, you're listening now to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose on your life. And you're listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. for staying tuned to your discipleship coach partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host Michael Smith and today we're with a friend of mine, special guest Ellie Marroquin. She's the National Director of Christian Education and Discipleship with the Assemblies of God. Ellie, again, thanks for being on the show. You know, we've been talking about discipleship and I've heard you talk a lot about intentionality. I'd love for you to kick off this interview maybe unpacking some of your thoughts about intentional discipleship. Thanks again for having me. When we think about intentional discipleship, I think uh, the word intentional kind of focuses us on that. It has to be something on our radar. And I'll start with this uh, sort of analogy. If you're writing uh, somewhere, whether you're on a plane or in a car, if you don't have a destination in mind, then you're just going to circle around and waste a lot of fuel. And I think in discipleship, unless we have an end goal in mind for our children, for our church, uh, we sometimes do a lot of great things. But at the end of the road, we sometimes don't get to where we want to Mm -hmm. get to. And that's the intentionality piece. Do I have uh, this journey in mind that I'm embarking on with Holy Spirit for a lifetime? And I think you touched about uh, the the fact that it's not a program. It's a process. But I want to be intentional about where I go and what I do and not just float through life. That's so great. So if you're listening today and you are tired, maybe you are just wasting a lot of fuel. What a great picture. Hey, Ellie, how do we intentionally begin to... to disciple our our families and our children? One of the big anchors, and when we talk about discipleship, can't leave this out, right? Mm -hmm. Matthew 28, right? 18 through 20, God had, Jesus gives us the authority in what he's commissioning us to do as parents, and we are the primary disciplers. And when we look at the text to make disciples, which is that imperative, when do we do that? As we go, as we do life. So when we tie that to Deuteronomy chapter 6, that's the intentionality. First, we're looking at ourselves. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, Israel, love the Lord our God. And so first, I have to love God. I have to be in relationship with Him. And when do I disciple my children? When is that intentionality displayed? That verse reminds us, as you go, you know, you're going to put it on your doorpost. You're going to talk about it with your children when you're getting up, when you're going down. As you do life, you're going to be intentional about bringing and breathing and living what it means to be a follower of Christ. It's not segmented to when we attend church, but it's part of 
who we are and what we do as a family. It's part of our values that are expressed in our behaviors. And it needs to be an authentic faith that is modeled in the community of believers, including grandparents Mm -hmm. and others that help us model that. I love that. And if you're listening in now, you're listening to Michael Smith and my guest, Ellie Marroquin, as we talk about discipling our families. And you brought up a little insight. You've almost talked about there's a difference between parents intentionally discipling children or maybe institutionalizing it, if I can use that word, giving it to churches and programs. In your mind, what's the difference? You know, nowadays, and I don't know when originally this started, but many moons ago, uh, (laughs) when the shift mentally from children being uh, taught in the home, and I'm thinking like 1700s, 1800s, right? Mm -hmm. And so children were educated in the home, and you learn the trade of your family. And then all of a sudden, we open up schools, and then Sunday school was birth. I think somewhere along the line, we abdicated, uh, maybe not intentionally, our roles, our primary disciplers of our children and thought somehow that by dropping off our kids on a Wednesday night or bringing them to Sunday school, which are meant to be supplemental to what's happening in the home, our children are automatically going to be um, discipled. And all those, those things are great. And my husband and I church planted and pastored for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And we did have active Sunday schools and midweek services and, and discipleship. The primary place where God intended and where it, it is the best place for discipleship to happen is in the home. And then the church is that paraministry that supports what's happening in the home, that provides that fellowship, that community of believers to support, to mentor, and Mm -hmm. to guide us. But I think we've got the model backwards where we think the church should be the primary discipler, and we know scripturally it needs to be in the home. That's right. And if our listeners are listening in, they can feel empowered right now to respond to God's Word, and the church is a support. And and I want to say, as you're talking uh, to me right now, It opens up, when you mentioned even grandparents, it opens up sort of an intergenerational approach. And I know that's on your heart. You've mentioned that word. Can you unpack that thought a little bit for our listeners today? Well, you know... When we talk intergenerational discipleship, and this leads me to one of our most recent resources, The Seven Dimensions Mm -hmm. of a Spirit-Empowered Disciple, it's an intentionality to disciple every generation, and from our babies, our infants, all the way to the adults, and that in spiritual infancy, and just natural ages and stages of life. And if you're not familiar with the resource, you can certainly find it at discipleship.ag.org. But the seven dimensions cover the Bible, which is the foundation for lifestyle. Holy Spirit, because we need to be in relationship with the third person of the Trinity. Mission, identifying who I am and my purpose and the privilege that we have to partner with God in making disciples active in prayer, not only giving God our request, but listening to His voice. And that's 
start being modeled in the home intergenerationally. Mm. And I'll, I'll do a little pause here because in my home, those were things that were practiced to the point that till this day, I still call my mom to give her my prayer request and say, Mom, can you pray about this? Now my mom's retired and, and my mom prays about two to three hours every day. But that's the kind of home I grew up in where the Word of God was valued and was passed down to one generation and another. So now my daughter, who's in Texas, will call me to pray for her. Mm -hmm. So imagine one generation acquiring the value of God's Word and transmitting that and understanding that when we come to God in prayer, God answers. And the fact that we're modeling that, and, um, you know, from when I was a child now, I'm an adult— that I can pass on to the next generation. The others are worship. Worship is an act of obedience. We worship and become what we worship, service. And I want to do a little uh, pause here as well. When we talk about service, sometimes we invite people in our churches to come and do a day of serve. And those are wonderful outreaches for community or to activate your gifts. But intergenerationally, it starts in the home. If I'm not willing to serve grandma a cup of tea when she's visiting, if I'm not willing to serve those in my home, how can I model that outside of the church? And then finally, the seventh uh, dimension that we mention in this resource is generosity with our time, money, and talent. And it is being willing as a senior to walk into the nursery and volunteer my time, but also when midweek service, the kids program or the children's leaders talking about healing in the Bible, I'm willing to come in and share a testimony of how God healed me. And that is one generation intentionally, as the Bible says, declaring uh, God's goodness and faithfulness to the other. This is so powerful as you're listening in with Ellie Marroquin here on Your Discipleship Coach. There's a few words that have popped out. Intentional, intergenerational. You didn't say this one, but holistic. These seven dimensions, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, mission, prayer, worship, service, generosity. And is do I have this right? Discipleship.ag.org. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, you can find that. And so as you're listening in today, you're learning that the home is where discipleship happens. We disciple ourselves, our, ourselves as couples, as married, married couples, and then our children. And what I like about what Ellie is sharing with us today is it simply is our story. So let me ask you today, are you curious if you are ready for some coaching or even discipleship coaching? Would you like to become better at discipling yourself? and your family. You can visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and take our free coaching readiness questionnaire. We would love to hear from you. Be sure that to follow Your Discipleship Coach on social media, follow our podcast. But as you listen today, again, Ellie, thank you for being on the show. Just real quick, share your email with our listeners if someone wants to reach out to you. Yes, that would be E as in Edward M A. R-R-O-Q-U-I-N, as in Nancy, at A-G dot O-R-G. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Our show today has been brought to you by our sponsors, Heritage Counseling Center at HeritageCounseling.com. 
Chicago Indian Church at chicagoindianchurch.com and Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University, where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Just visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. Thanks again for listening today. I want you to know that I am for you, and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? You're listening to Your Discipleship Coach on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's Your Discipleship Coach. Coach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life.